This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. I have two stories for you this week. Both happened to be Chabad stories about the Lubavitcher Rebbe's, and for some reason I just felt like telling these stories. Rabbi Pinchas Taitz of New Jersey made 22 trips to the Soviet Union in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. And with each trip, he would bring along with him all kinds of Jewish items that you couldn't find in the Soviet Union, since Judaism was more or less completely banned. Because of his many visits, he had made contacts in the Soviet government, and the contacts had nothing to worry about with Rabbi Tights. They completely trusted him. And so he was able to take advantage of these contacts to secretly smuggle in, to fill in Sidorim, Tanachim, and all kinds of Jewish items that the Jews in the Soviet Union desperately needed. Now, Rabbi Tights was born, raised, and educated in a Lithuanian yeshiva. And as a Litvak, there wasn't much connection to Chabad. But since there were so many Chabad Hasidim in the Soviet Union, it was impossible to be involved with Jewish life there without somehow being connected to Chabad Hasidim, who were pretty much giving up their lives in order to keep Torah Judaism going strong. So every time that Rabbi Taitz went on a trip, he would either contact the Lubavitcher Rebbe or the Rebbe would contact him. In one summer before he was planning another trip, a representative of the Lubavitcher Rebbe showed up at Rabbi Taitz's house, and he had with him several prayer books, Tanachim, Jewish Bibles, pairs of tefillin, tzitziot. And this was no surprise, because every time that Rabbi Taitz traveled, and he even expected that he would get something from the Rebbe. But this time, the messenger from the Rebbe had something different. He pulled out a little volume of the Tanya, the book of Chabad Hasidus that was written by the Alter Rebbe. And he handed it to the rabbi. And he said that the rabbi asked that Rabbi Taitz take this Tanya with him to the Soviet Union. Rabbi Taitz took the Tanya and he said, who am I supposed to give it to? The rabbi didn't say. So Rabbi Taitz thought to himself, you know, it's a great honor to be able to be in a partnership with the Lubavitcher Rebbe and to bring these basic Jewish necessities to the deprived Jews of Russia. But to go with a copy of the Tanya in his luggage, to the Soviet Union. The KGB knew very well what a Tanya was and what would happen if Rabbi Taitz was caught carrying a Tanya. The messenger just shrugged his shoulders and said, the Rebbe said to take it with you. And in the end, even though he debated with himself, Rabbi Taitz decided to put it into his luggage. If the Rebbe was making such an unusual request, there must be a good reason for it. And everything went smoothly. He got through the border in the Soviet Union, no problem. And on his third day in Moscow, in the evening while he was walking back to his hotel from the great synagogue after davening the evening prayer, two young men suddenly came up to him. Each one grabbed the rabbi by his shoulder and pulled him over to a dark side street. There was a car there, and they stuffed the rabbi into the back of the car each of them sitting on one side of the rabbi with the rabbi in the middle. 
The rabbi was shocked he didn't know what was going on. He thought maybe they were the KGB, maybe he was being kidnapped. Maybe he had been caught bringing all these Jewish items into the Soviet Union. And the two people sitting next to the rabbi could see that the rabbi was fairly scared. So they started speaking with him in Yiddish. And they said, Rabbi, you have nothing to worry about. We're Chabad Hasidim. And we apologize for the rough treatment. But this was the only way that they could get the rabbi to a safe house to talk with him without arousing any suspicion. And they had very urgent matters that they had to discuss with the rabbi. They didn't say anything else until they were safely in the house. The two Hasidim introduced themselves to Rabbi Taitz. They said they had asked around and they understood that Rabbi Taitz could be trusted. And they wanted the rabbi to bring a message back to the Lubavitcher Rebbe for each of them. Each of them had major life decisions to make and they needed the Rebbe's answer. And they couldn't wait for an official shaliach of the Rebbe to come and visit the Soviet Union. The older one recently found out that the KGB was actively pursuing him. And he wanted to know whether the Rebbe thought that he should flee Moscow and move to another city or stay in Moscow, even though the KGB was after him, because he was doing very important work there in the Jewish underground, which the Rebbe already knew about. And the second one, the younger one, he wanted to know if he should apply for an immigration visa to go to Israel, because recently a number of such requests were being approved. On the other hand, he had an excellent job as an engineer. And the second that he requests to leave the Soviet Union for Israel, he would be fired from his job. And if he was refused, he would be left without any way of supporting himself. So Rabbi Taitz was very moved by the encounter with these Chabad Hasidim. He was also very impressed by their dedication and the work that they were doing in the Soviet Union. And he told them, I promise you I'm going to remember your names. And he went over their names, their mother's names, and their questions for the Rebbe, because he knew that he couldn't write it down. Because if he was caught with that piece of paper, he'd be in trouble. And for sure, those two Hasidim would be in a lot of trouble. And after this, the three of them relaxed and they had a nice conversation. And they're talking about the incredible differences in their lives. How fortunate the rabbi is to be in America. And how difficult it is for these Jews to be in the Soviet Union. And while they were talking, the rabbi said, You know, just before I left to come here, the rabbi gave me a copy of a Tanya to keep with me on the trip but he didn't tell me what I was supposed to do with it. Now the eyes of these two Hasidim opened wide, and they said, Do you mean to tell us that you have a Tanya that was given to you by the Rebbe? You have it with you, right here? And the rabbi pulls out the Tanya from his coat, and he shows it to them, and they take it from Rabbi Tights, and they turn it from every angle, and they look at it from every way, and they kiss it, and they say they can't believe that this Tanya just less than a week ago, was in their Rebbe's holy hands. And the rabbi said to them, you know, I guess the Rebbe gave it to me just to keep me safe or something. I don't know, because the KGB knows exactly what a Tanya is. And for some reason, they didn't check me when I crossed the border. And while one of the Hasidim was fondling the book and looking it over from every angle, too excited to speak, he pointed to a page that had the corner of the page folded down as if it were a bookmark. And he opened up the page, and the first words on the page said, he is extremely pressed for time, and finds it utterly impossible to delay. And the chassid said, Rabbi Taitz, that's it. That's my answer from the Rebbe. The Rebbe is telling me to hurry and get out of Moscow before the KGB catches me. So now the younger chassid, he takes the Tanya, 
and he's desperately looking at every page to see if there's another page that has the top corner folded over. And there he finds it. And this time he sees there's words there for him as well. And it says, to enter the land. And he says, that's the answer. That's the answer. I have to apply to make Aliyah to the Holy Land right now. And the two Hasidim asked Rabbi Taitz if they could hold on to the book. But he refused because he said the Rebbe had instructed him to carry it with him, but did not say to leave it with anyone. And Rabbi Taitz made the trip back to America, and everything went smoothly. And when he told the story, he said, Whenever I study something from this volume of Tanya, or even look at it, I remember this extraordinary event, and I get excited all over again. And Rabbi Taitz told the story to Aaron Dov Halperin of Kfar Chabad magazine, who wanted to publish the story. But Rabbi Taitz warned him not to mention anything about the story, because it might ruin his contacts in the Soviet Union. And so the editor wrote down the story exactly as it was told. And in 1984, he gave it to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And the same day, he got an answer from the Rebbe. I am pleased to receive this, but absolutely do not publicize this in any form at this time. And so they waited another 11 years. And when Rabbi Taitz left this world in 1995, the story finally found its way into the public sphere. I've got another story for you. This one about the Friedeker Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, who, as everybody knows, was imprisoned again and again by the Soviets. And eventually, in 1940, he was able to leave and move to Brooklyn, New York, into 770, which became the world headquarters of Chabad Lubavitch. And even though the Rebbe was grateful, of course, to be alive and to be out of the Soviet Union, what pained him so much is that he couldn't stay connected with the Hasidim that he left behind. And in the year 1945, in the city of Samarkand, in Bukharia, which is not far away from Iran, a large group of Chabad Hasidim were celebrating Simchat Torah, and they were having a Fabrengen, sitting around, drinking, saying the Chaim. The Chaim! And at some point, the Hasidim started talking about how much they missed their Rebbe, and how difficult it was to be without him. And after they sang some Nagunim, and people shared some stories... One of the most respected Hasidim, Reb Nissen Nimenov, stood up and started dancing. And a few of the other Hasidim got up and they started dancing with him. They're dancing with the Torah. They're dancing to reconnect with the Rebbe. And then someone pounded on the table. And most of the Hasidim sat down for some more serious talk. But Reb Nissen didn't. He took a few chairs and he put them on the floor, lined them up in a row. And he sat on one and he said... Who wants to take a train to the Rebbe? Choo-choo! We're going to the Rebbe. Choo-choo! The other Hasidim, they thought he was crazy. In fact, they thought that this shouting choo-choo might get them in trouble. They told him to quiet down and sit back at the table. But he didn't care. He shouted even louder. Come! Choo-choo! Who wants to go to the Rebbe? Come and sit on my train. And he starts pushing the chairs around the room. Now the Rebbe was thousands of miles away, and they were hopelessly locked in the Soviet Union. How could this child's play make any difference? 
And they didn't even want to think about it because it just made them depressed. In the meantime, Reb Nissen, he kept shouting, Come and join me. Don't you want to go see the Rebbe? We have a train. Look, you can get on this train and it can take us to the Rebbe. We have to do all that we can, even if it seems crazy. And this is the train to the Rebbe. Come, let's go. Who's going to join me? Choo-choo! He starts pushing the chairs again. And a few of the Hasidim, the ones that had a little craziness in their eyes, they decided to jump on the Rebbe train. And they started pushing the chairs around the room, yelling, Choo-choo! We're going to the Rebbe! The others just ignored them. Bunch of fools, they said. But a few months later, an interesting thing happened. There was a small escape route from Lemberg to Warsaw by taking a train with forged Polish passports. And although it was very dangerous, expensive, and nobody knew what would happen, some people were caught and sent back to the Soviet Union. They lost their money and were severely punished. But amongst the people that were on that train were all of the Hasidim that sat on Rabbi Nemanov's crazy Rebbe train. Each and every single one of them made it out of the Soviet Union safely on that train. And not only did they leave the Soviet Union, but they actually got to Brooklyn, where they could see the Rebbe, all because of their faith in Hashem and their willingness to go beyond being normal in order to have a connection with the Rebbe. I love you.